This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to The Bunker. I'm your host, Chris Jones. Exactly one year ago, on November the 30th, 2022, an artificial intelligence system called ChatGPT was launched, and for a while, it was all anyone would talk about. It made AI intelligence look simple, and the potential for it to improve all of our lives seemed endless. But skip forward to today, and the company behind it, OpenAI, is in the situation to rival any EastEnders Christmas drama. Last week, it fired, replaced, and rehired its CEO, Sam Altman, as well as sacking its entire board, all over the course of five days. And all of this raised questions over ethics in the business of tech, the future of AI, and the potential apocalypse. Well, to help us understand what happened last week and why it did, we've invited the Bunker's resident AI expert, Dr. Kate Devlin, back to help us get our head around this and explain why a corporate reshuffle is far more important than it first looks. Kate, welcome to the Bunker. Hello, it's nice to be back again. It's great to have you. Let's let's get stuck into this because it's very complicated, isn't it, for anyone, even a, a tech journalist and researcher like yourself. Um, let's start with OpenAI the company behind all of this. What's it set up to do? So it's been around for a while, OpenAI. It began about 2015 with a bunch of big name Silicon Valley people Mm. uh, investing money in it. And that includes Sam Altman, who is the person at the centre of all of this controversy, but also people like Elon Musk, who invested quite a bit of money into it, and Peter Thiel, who is also uh, with the controversial company Palantir. So quite a bit of money pushed into that. But at that time, OpenAI was non-profit. And actually, it was set up to be what itself described as safe and beneficial. So it was supposed to be working on AI to benefit humanity, essentially. And the idea was that they would collaborate with researchers, with universities, other institutions, and make everything open to the public. And they hired the best people. I mean, they really had top, top people from the AI field and the machine learning field coming to work for them. And they did really well. I mean, they really pushed forward these large language models. And the result is now that we have things like ChatGPT, which they are behind. So in about... I think it was 2018, Elon Musk resigned from the board. Um, He claimed it was a a conflict of interest. About a year later, OpenAI moved from being purely non-profit to having a for-profit branch to it. And that was to try and get more investment from venture capitalists to um, be able to do more work to attract other top researchers. So, yeah, the, you know, the perspective's kind of shifting there. It's getting more into that Silicon Valley venture capitalist world. And that's where we find ourselves today. In the, they are still have an aspect, of, a part of the company that is non-profit and is intended to 
be beneficial and, and work towards safe AI. Another arm of that company that is there to make a profit and push forward the research agenda. And then they partnered as well. They partnered with Microsoft in a huge deal. I think it was a billion dollar deal to partner with a big tech company. So it, it, it's a massive company. It's almost like a, a tech supergroup, almost. Or it, that, that, that was its origins, as as you've described. Why do you think so many people, if you ask them what OpenAI is and who is part of it, why do you think so many people don't know the name if there are so many big names that were part of it? I think possibly it's it's well known by what it's produced. So if you say to yeah. someone, have you used ChatGPT? Then yes, they'll probably have used it or have heard of it, but may not know about the company behind it. So it's not a big household name in the same way that the big tech companies are, Microsoft, Apple. So there is a difference there. It's 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 had more humble beginnings, shall we say, and not as much investment. But if you're a, a bit of a nerd, a bit of a geek, you probably know a lot of the key people involved. Some of the researchers have been instrumental in driving forward things like machine learning and deep learning. So this Sam Altman bloke was the CEO, then fired, then rehired. It's an absolute mess, isn't it? But before we get to that, how did he even get involved with, with OpenAI? Because from what I can tell, he was sacked from his, his job before that as well, wasn't he? He was fired, yes. He used to be at a company called uh, Y Combinator. Who's, it's a, a technology accelerator company. So it, it exists to help startups get going. And yeah, he was there for a while. Um, he was president of the company for a while and then became chairman of the board. And and then, yeah, suddenly in, in 2020, he was no longer affiliated with it. And it transpired recently that he was pretty much asked to leave. Um, we don't know exactly what's gone on there, but he did go over to become OpenAI CEO. So, so in the in, in the grand scheme of things, really, um, because of the success of something like ChatGPT, everyone was talking about, um, especially in in um, in journalism, which is, is my background. We were all talking about ChatGPT and the potential that could be harnessed with it. But because of that success, it's perhaps a bit of a shock that he was sacked, wasn't it? What do we know about the events that have led up to Sam Altman being let go by OpenAI? Well, it came as a bit of a shock to everyone, uh, not least of whom was Sam Altman, who didn't know anything about the board's decision. <laughs> so there were six people on the board, and Sam is one of those people, and, um, and four of the board members decided that that he would be removed as CEO. Now, that was something that the board was able to do um, because of OpenAI's non-profit beginnings, Sam Altman doesn't have shares in it. So it just took the board member's decision to be able to remove him from that, which is very unlike a lot of other tech mm. companies or Silicon Valley companies. So he was essentially fired. And yeah, there was a, immediate shock and uh, a lot of ruminating in social media about why this might be. People were saying, well, had he been doing some kind of weird deals in the background? What was going on? Yeah. Um, what had, he, had he done something terribly wrong? No one really knew what was happening. And I think still don't really know what's happening. But essentially, he was asked to leave. And this whole very strange, very quick moving saga kicked off. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me, especially as you say, and you're in the know, that no one really knows 
exactly why he was he was let go. He was fired. But what we do know is that after that, Microsoft then came in with, with an offer for him of a job. Um, tell me what happened there and following that. Right. So when Altman was fired, immediately Satya Nadella, who is Microsoft's CEO, was really shocked by this and called OpenAI and said, you should not have done this. And of course, Microsoft have got huge investment in that company, in OpenAI. So they wanted to know what was going on. And so he said, well, we will have Sam Altman come and work for us in that case. So he said, yeah, sure, we bring Sam Altman over. He will lead one of our AI research arms. So he was perfectly prepared to pick up from where Sam had left off OpenAI. As I was looking around researching all of this, it seemed that there was a lot of loyalty to Altman, and especially in, in OpenAI. And a, a, a lot of employees at OpenAI threatened to also leave with him. Why is there, do you think, so much loyalty towards him? Well, I think he's probably done quite a bit for the company that engenders loyalty to him. So, for example, he was one of the people responsible for bringing in that funding from Microsoft. Uh, so there's a lot of loyalty there. And I think there's maybe some more here. And I'm only speculating, but mm. with a company like OpenAI that has that nonprofit aspect, it kind of flies in the face of what happens with most other for-profit companies in Silicon Valley. So if you are a researcher making big bucks, working on the latest cutting edge technology in AI, you're kind of used to it being like those other companies that are for profit. So it may be that people wanted to align themselves more with that. And they felt that Sam offered that. So when Sam was ousted, when Altman was ousted, uh, then yeah, everyone said that he worked with were saying, yeah, well, we're coming too. If you leave, we leave. So a great show of solidarity. So it was bizarre. It was the start of this counter coup almost. So there goes the board director. Oh, wait a minute. He's taking everyone with him. Now what's going to happen? You can see why everyone was absolutely fixated on this. Yeah, it's mad drama, isn't it? And, <laughs> and it doesn't end there at all, does it? We're about halfway through. Um, Open AI obviously saw this offer from Microsoft, didn't like it. Do you think they just expected Almond to, to disappear? I, I, I don't understand exactly what they were thinking would happen. I don't know. It's odd, isn't it? I I wonder were they worried that it was getting too far away from what they initially wanted the company to be, which was a safe and beneficial company. Now, again, there were more rumors coming out. Oh, they're a step closer to artificial general intelligence, that there's something happening here that's going to devastate humanity if it's not controlled. You know, We don't know that any of that is true, and I'm quite skeptical about that. But it may be that those who were on the board who felt that perhaps the company was no longer aligning itself with those values of being safe and beneficial, perhaps they were getting worried and wanted to try and bring it back to those principles. So OpenAI then offered Altman his job back, but in doing so, replace the whole board is am i am i right in saying that yeah yeah pretty much so this is this is the really mad thing so they've gone from a board of six people um including altman down to four people and they've basically got rid of the people who fired him in the first place so it is basically a counter coup and they are now of course in a position where they can steer things in a different direction perhaps away from that safe and beneficial commitment they initially had 
So tell me a, a little bit more about that. What, who's on this new board and what are their ideas? What, how do they want to take open AI forward? So Sam Altman and Greg Brockman are now back on the board. Now, Brockman was one of the original founders um, of OpenAI. And they've got new members, um, Brett Taylor and Lawrence Summers. I think they have one remaining member of the board. Right. But Adam D'Angelo, I think, is still there. But what's interesting is there are no longer any women on the board, which I'm just going to flag up there as a woman in tech, which um, is an interesting approach. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, Let's criticize them for that. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a thinking here that perhaps OpenAI has taken a step back through all of this, that all of the development that it's gone through to get to where it is today with the success with ChatGPT, that perhaps something like that, another breakthrough like that, is going to be much further away now than it it might have been before this whole drama took place? I think the damage is kind of done in that People are going to be worrying now about what's going to happen there. Um, And it's shining a light on this need for ethics and responsibility. And I'm quite worried that they've got rid of the people who cared about that kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of kind of ethics washing of companies saying, paying lip service to ethics and saying, oh, we definitely want to do things well. We definitely want to do things responsibly, but they're not actually proceeding responsibly. So I think there's a lot of work that the board has to reinstill that kind of trust just for for AI as a whole. So yeah, what's going to happen here? Are they going to pursue just a very capitalist approach to AI where they're out to maximize their profit in a company that has still got a nonprofit part? Or are they going to come up and say, no, definitely we'll continue this work of being safe and beneficial? So essentially what you're saying there is that this new board might put the uh, the ethics and the, the proposed dangers of AI, um, you know, talking about AI taking over the world and taking all of our jobs. They might put that to one side and and go forward with, with profits instead of actually protecting against the dangers that AI poses. Is, is that essentially what you think is the case? Partly. um, Also, really, that they're going to be more focused on the technology than on people and humanity is is kind of my fear. So there have been these reports. uh, Reuters was reporting that researchers within OpenAI had sent a letter to the board that warned of this AI discovery that they codenamed QSTAR that was supposed to be perhaps some form of very powerful AI or general intelligence AI that could threaten humanity. Sounds a bit cheesy, doesn't it? It does, Q-star. doesn't it? It sounds like a really bad Bond villain. Yeah, awful. <laughs> so Sam Altman has, has said that OpenAI has been making these huge breakthroughs in tech. Um, we don't know what those are. It's all being tantalizingly put out before us, little crumbs of this kind of thing. So is that going to be their focus now, that they're going to continue with this groundbreaking AI research because this is the same Sam Altman who was doing a little world tour about how we had to have a moratorium on AI and how we had to think really carefully about what we unleash in the world. Yet, coincidentally, while also being one of the leaders (laughs) in that field. So, you know, I'm a little bit sceptical here. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I am too. And all of this drama has, has sowed a lot of doubt in, in people's minds. There is something else that I wanted to, to ask you about. And this is something that um, Leo our producer, kept finding whenever he was searching for Sam Altman and, and, and what was going on in this story. And it's, it's, it's effective altruism movement or, uh, yes. or, or EA um, for short. What, what, is, what is that? Well, effective altruism 
is it's a philosophical way of thinking. It's a movement. And it sounds incredibly benign, if not beneficial on the surface. So it's kind of aligned with utilitarianism, uh, a philosophical branch that's about getting the maximum good and the minimum bad in the world. So the idea is that if you are in a position to be able to do good, you should do good. You should be able to say, donate money or control how things are done. Um, And a lot of Silicon Valley tech bros are big into effective altruism. So this is um, quite a new movement. And the proponents of it are people who say, well, let's, let's look at how we can use our money well. Let's look at how we can donate to things. Let's look at how we can steer how industry works. Now, Skeptics, of which there are many. You may yeah. have noticed I'm, again, a little bit skeptical. Yeah. Um, skeptics might say, well, again, this is some kind of PR move uh, to make people look good when they're in a position of power. And they don't always, their behavior doesn't always match this kind of benevolent approach. Okay. But there are some really strong criticisms against it. Um, things like it's tied to other movements like long-termism, which looks at future generations and the future of the world, which... When you start digging into it, it's a bit unsettling in some of the things they believe, including things that lean really quite right wing. And, you know, there there are sort of hints of eugenics in there sometimes mm. as well. I mean, it's 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 not pleasant on close scrutiny. So there are quite a lot of criticisms of this. And it seems to be very, very prevalent amongst the the leaders in Silicon Valley. So so Bringing that to, to what we're seeing here in OpenAI, how does this movement relate? Because you, you can't read a news story about this without seeing that that term for that movement, the, the, the effective altruism movement. It's everywhere. So how does this relate um, to what we've seen, this massive drama that we've seen over the, the past couple of weeks? Well, a lot of the key players in this are proponents of effective altruism. I mean, this this is it's because it's so prevalent. Yeah. So, yeah, are we looking at a future for companies like OpenAI where they're heavily influenced by the philosophy of individuals, which is kind of how Silicon Valley's functioning at the minute? We have these tech leaders whose personal views eat into a lot of what they do. I'm thinking of you, Musk, I'm thinking of you. So, you know, they they are espousing their views very openly on social media and that is influencing the things that they do. So is that a responsible way to run companies responsible for incredibly powerful technology? I'm not convinced. Yeah, so, so just to round off everything we've talked about here, and there's been a lot, um, Altman is back. The board is full of people who want to develop tech as quickly as possible and humans will have to adapt to keep up, essentially. Is this starting to sound like the beginning of a a really bad and and scary (laughs) sci-fi film? Or do we just have to accept that tech, and and especially AI, um, in reality, is is growing? And we have to accept that these types of stories and these conversations are going to happen more often, so we're going to be talking about them more. I really hope these conversations do happen more yeah. often because we should be talking about them. We should be talking about the repercussions of our technology and the future of what we do, including things like the future of work, like sustainability and ecology. We should be discussing how a small handful of people in a small part of the US have huge amounts of global control. Yeah. So yes, we, we absolutely need to be able to discuss this in depth. Kate, you're a legend, and it seems like we're going to be talking about this for uh, many years to come. Thanks for joining me in the bunker. Thank you.
Listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please support The Bunker on Patreon. For as little as £3 a month, you can get extras in addition to knowing that this podcast was handmade by humans. I'm Chris Jones, reporting from The Bunker. The Bunker was written and presented by Chris Jones. The producers were Liam Tate and Eliza Davis-Beard, with audio production by me, Simon Williams. The managing editor is Jacob Jarvis. The group editor is Andrew Harrison, with music by Kenny Dickinson and artwork by James Parrott. The Bunker is a Podmasters production. <laughs>